This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Before we begin... A plug for my radio show, The Tuned Up Time Machine, which is on Islington Radio. That's on Mixcloud. You can listen to it whenever you want. There's some other great shows on there with some great people, but you must listen to mine, The Tuned Up Time Machine. We go all over. We get music from all manner of genres, all places, times. Get involved. It's such a great show. It's a dream come true. I'd urge you to listen to that. It's great. Um, and so the podcast, we're doing this again. I love doing this. I say that every time. But I really, this is, I've got to say, this podcast has kept me going through all these dark times. I've re- It really has, talking to different people and get, just getting to have a chat. Because I've got to be honest, I do, I didn't realise I was doing it. Sometimes I shut, I shut myself off. I don't even know I'm doing it. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for chatting and opening up and reaching out to people. But sometimes I don't take my own advice and I don't reach out and I shut off. I don't even realise I'm doing it. So if anyone is, is, was expecting something from me or, or, or something or other and, and you haven't heard from me or whatever, it's because I've been shut down. I'm rubbish and I'm so sorry. I will make amends. So let's have a look at some of the Apple podcast reviews. Again, thank you very much for doing that. So many five stars. People love the show. I'm really pleased. We've got Jade MUA Top just discovered, and it's top. We'll subscribe. I'm also glad to see there's the other version too, and that's right. There's also Insane in the Fembrane. Raul Wilson chats to the ladies, uh, find out what, what goes on, because I'm not a lady and I don't know. Um, and we also got what we got Johnny W loving it thank you Johnny W we've got Darkest Decadence outstanding says Darkest Decadence thank you so much and we've got Danny P40 love it there's so much to this podcast it literally makes me laugh out loud nod in agreement and discover stuff about myself every time I listen to an episode there you go uh, thank you thank you thank you one and all uh, it really makes a difference uh, to, to the to the ratings you know it pushes us up the charts and it gets people noticing that's why i do this you know i i do it because i want i want you know i want people to realize that they're not alone i you know and i'm i i learn something with every episode you know it's 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 as well as people listening i i, I learn stuff too so you know we we're all learning together it's such a beautiful thing and thank you so much for all your wonderful reviews um my guest this week uh is jamie green now jamie green isn't someone that you you will know um i met him i can't i think we say in the episode where we met but um jamie jamie is a is, is a wheelchair user and he, but he doesn't let that slow him down like you know he needs he's got a carer and he needs help and and but the man the man is is next level you know he i've seen him in gigs and and he, he gets himself around he's like in, we see him in Edinburgh and we've, we've had a pint together and and it was so, what put him in my mind I wanted to get him on ages ago and I'm like I'll get around to it I'll get around to it and then someone sent me a message just saying like it would be really good to get somebody on who was who was disabled and find out about their experiences and I was like oh, that's a great idea so I thought yeah I'll speak to Jamie and Jamie was up for it and then he came on um, and he's just lovely I, I love him so much he's, 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 a, he's a mate and and he, you know, and he doesn't hold back. He doesn't give a fuck. He just really, he's he's honest and he's funny. And I love talking to him. And he, and he, and it's nice to see 
it's nice to get, you know, to, to, to be able to ask these questions. And, you know, like I've said before, I get it wrong sometimes. I don't know how to start the conversation or I ask the wrong thing. But it's just sort of a safe space for that. You know, you couldn't do this on, like, Twitter or something like that. You'd get, you'd get shot. But And I'm not being offensive. It's just sometimes, you know, you say the wrong thing. You know, you just don't know how to start this thing. So it's nice to get involved with these people. And, and Jamie was brilliant. We had a really nice chat. So coming up in a bit is Jamie Green. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Here we are. Hello, Jamie, mate. Well done. You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, mate. You? Yeah, good, mate. Nice one for coming on. Sorry it's taken a while. Um, are, you, are you all right? How are you finding the lockdown? Are you doing all right? It's been pretty shit, to be honest with you, mate. Yeah. The first lockdown was, I would think, better than this one because... I feel like the first one, everybody knew what they were doing, whereas now, yeah. like, people are still going to work. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen it. I know, I was out, well, coming here today to record this, and I'm on, I'm like, yeah, there's, there's traffic jams. <laughs> like, how's there, how's there traffic jams? I thought we were all indoors. It's a, it's a funny old one, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's nice, I mean, I haven't seen you, because normally we would have bumped into each other in Edinburgh or something like that, wouldn't we? Oh, don't talk to me about Edinburgh. I missed it so much this year. Yeah. I wanted to get you on. I wanted to get you on anyway because, you know, we know each other and it would. I wanted to have a nice chat with you. But someone messaged, someone put a, a comment a few weeks ago and they, were, and, uh, and they were saying it'd be nice to have somebody on that was someone who was a wheelchair user, someone who was disabled to talk about what, to talk about what they, you know, how they, how you live your life. And I was like, I know the very person, Jamie Green. Yeah. Um, but like, we've never really spoken before, have we? Not properly. Um, well, we've we've had drinks in bars, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've heckled me while I've been on stage. I got away with that one. <laughs> but if you, but tell me your story, Jamie. Tell me your story. How did you come to be? How did you, how did you come to be uh, a wheelchair user? Let's. Let, I don't even know how to start the conversation. This is what happens. I, I, it might sound a bit clumsy, but. I don't really know how to ask. So tell me your story, Jamie. Uh, well, I've I've always had cerebral palsy. I was born with it. Um, I uh, was um, developed cerebral palsy through lack of oxygen, and from when I was born, because I was born t- ten weeks premature. Okay. And they weren't really sure what was wrong with me, and um, it took them a while to work out what was going on. Yeah, right. I had a heart defect, so, and because I was so small when I was born, they had to wait until I was nine weeks old to do major heart surgery on me. Bloody hell. So, yeah, that's... Because they didn't really know what was happening with me, um, because there was no sort of... It didn't come up in the previous scans or whatever. Mm. So that's why I've sort of developed the cerebral palsy 
through lack ah, of oxygen. Oh, I see. Because I don't know much about cerebral palsy. I know, I know you, and I've spoken to Rosie Jones a little bit. Yeah, but it's something that nobody really talks about it when I was growing up. So it's the easiest way I can describe it is it's like having a stroke. Right. But it normally affects sort of one side of your body more than the other. Because I'm aff- I'm affected more on my left hand side than my right. Okay. I have ninety percent use in my right hand, but absolutely no use in my left. Yeah, right. And that's always been that way, is it? Yeah, always been the same. And a lot of people with cerebral palsy have um, like speech impediments and stuff. Mm. So I'm quite lucky that I don't yeah. really suffer with that other one. Of them when I'm drunk. <laughs> Which I've seen. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, oh, mate, I had no idea. It's um, it's funny, isn't it? This one of the conversations I've had with Rosie, we were, we were at a gig and there was a guy in, a, in the front who was a wheelchair user and he was with his mum and he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't, um, he couldn't talk, but he would communicate using a book so he could point out words in this book. And um and it and it made me realize I was like oh yeah I said even though even though the body isn't working the brain is still active he's still you know still he can still communicate and he knows what he wants to say and that's what people forget don't they they just assume that you don't know what's yeah. going on even though you do yeah definitely that's that's the most annoying thing if if people I always say if people could see me not in a wheelchair they would have a, a completely different opinion. Yeah. Because, but they see the wheelchair first yeah. and it's really annoying. <laughs> I know. And then straight away, it, it, I mean, I've, I've worked with people with disabilities before. So I've kind of, I've, I've, I've had some sort of, you know, not training, but I'm, I'm used to it. I know how to, you know, you just, you just in a wheelchair. It's not anything to do with anything else. You know, you still able, yeah. you still converse in the, in the, you know, you're still a person regardless yeah. of anything else. Um, but some people don't, they've not had that experience. So when they first meet you, they just assume that you're, yeah, that everything's fucked. <laughs> you don't know yeah, what's going yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's like, like I say, there's, there's dickheads in all walks of life, even in wheelchairs. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got, so we're not all, we're not all sweet and innocent. This is the thing in it. Just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean you can, you're not a wanker. <laughs> yeah. I know. I said, <laughs> I said to Jade, I said, uh, oh, I'm interviewing Jamie Green today. And she went, who's Jamie Green? I went, you know Jamie, the guy in the wheelchair in Edinburgh. She went, oh, the rude one. <laughs> I think you must have you must have had some banter with her. Yeah. Well, I'm, I try and have banter with everyone. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. That's what I like about you. You don't give yeah. a fuck, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but is this, how is it uh, um, going through your life? Yeah, do you have? Do you have to have? Um, do you have? Because I see whenever I see you, you've got an assistant with you, like people yeah. driving you to places. Um, and do you have someone with you all the time? No, I um I have somebody with me sort of um, so at the moment is um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But most of the time when I'm out, I'm with someone just because I need toileting and things like that. Yeah. So most of the time when I'm out and about, I'm with someone. But when I'm at home. Sometimes, obviously, I need cooking and cleaning and stuff to be done. Yeah. I need to be get need to be got up and the sort of personal side of things. But other than that, I sort of have, have someone with me when I'm out and about. Yeah, but most. But when you're at home, once everything's done, you're in on your own. Once everything's done, I'm all right. Yeah. How do you? How does that make you feel? You know, you must some. You must have some days. It must fuck you off. Um. Well. A lot of people ask me that, and I'm like, mm. well, I know no different. So it's yeah. kind of like I've I've always had someone that's had to help me get up in the morning. I've always had someone that's had to help me go to the toilet. So it's kind of just part of being me, really. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I've thought a bit like, like that before. We just did, we always assume from our own experiences that you feel that you know uh, we go by what we think we'd feel like but we come from you know we come from this side where we haven't had to go through that so we just assume like, oh i don't know you know how it would be i would how would i feel would i be embarrassed but like you say you've always been that it's always been there for you hasn't it so yeah and i've yeah. been quite lucky because my family have always been always treated me the same as my other brother and sister right my, bro- my younger brother and sister are able-bodied and I've always been treated as just 
just Jamie and it's just me rather than yeah. Jamie being a wheelchair. You've got to be careful with him. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's just Jamie. He's used to it. Yeah, right. And that's how you're, and that's how you want to be treated. That's the thing, isn't it? People just want to be treated as people. Yeah. And that's what people forget, don't they? They just, they just, I mean, you can even, even with the way they talk to you, imagine sometimes can be a bit infuriating for you. And you're like, just fucking talk to me. Why are you talking to me in that voice? Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm quite lucky because I've got a wheelchair that goes up and down. Yeah. So when I'm, when I'm talking to someone, particularly when I'm at a gig or when I'm out and about, I try and get up to their eye level. Yeah. So I can actually talk to them in the face rather than them having to bend down and, Sort of they give me the patronising slump. That's it, yeah. It. Uh, well, yeah, you don't know whether to you don't know whether to like kneel down or or stand there casually. It's a, it's a funny one, isn't it? You don't really know, and and a lot of people they're not doing it. They just don't know how to. They just don't know how to communicate with you. They don't because they're too busy worrying that they're going to offend you. Yeah, but. Just talk to me like a human being, and I'll get on all right. Yeah, normally. yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? It's that. Yeah, put aside all like you've already said. Put aside the fact that you're in a wheelchair. Put the fact aside the fact or anything else, and just just talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I like about that's every time we've spent time together. It's just I just like hanging out. It's it, we just yeah we're just having a chat and having a good time and getting a couple of beers. You get about as well, don't you? I see you all over the shop. Yeah, well, I um up until lockdown, I was I really miss gigging. I really, really do miss it. Mm. Like I used to, I used to love just being being out. Just yeah, that, and at gigs is just a special atmosphere. Of, I think. Oh, absolutely. Especially, yeah. when, especially when people are expecting are expecting laughter. And then, and then I come on the stage, and then they're not quite sure. And then, <laughs> then, then, then they, then I drop my first gag, and they think, actually, he's cool, he's all right. I can yeah. laugh at him. But like, it goes back to what we said before: people don't know how to react because they yeah. don't want to offend. They don't want to look like they don't want to look like they're idiots. They don't. Yeah, it, it, it makes people nervous. But the fact that you go on stage you mean doing you know doing stand up comedy is fucking phenomenal yeah you know it, it it we got you know you've had all this other stuff to deal with and now you've gone well I'm going to make it even harder I'm going to do this now <laughs> and yeah, that I, there's no other other thing like doing stand up definitely I've tried I've tried act, like doing acting and I've been in plays and stuff yeah but there's nothing quite like having a, having an audience in front of you and when they laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I, mate. That buzz from when you when you see a room full of people pissing themselves laughing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing else like it. And I don't know about I don't know about you, but I'm really nervous up until I tell my first joke and then it just goes. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Once you get that first gag out, get that first laugh. The rest is, yeah. There is a, there is that. Oh, okay, yeah, cool, right, yeah, got this, right. Yeah. But there has been a. T I don't know if you've had this, but I've had it a couple of times where, and all comedians go through this at one point. You, when you land your first gag, gets nothing. All right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh yeah, I've had to, I've had to dig for that first laugh. <laughs> a few times. It, it comes in the end, but you just got to stick with it. Yeah. Um. But that's yeah. I mean, that's it. Like you, like you know. You want to be you want to be treated like everybody else, and so as a comedian, you go up on stage and some and yeah, them not laughing, at, they're not laughing at you just because they feel sorry for you. Sometimes they'll go, "No, fuck you, you're not funny." And it, regardless, and that's that's what you want as well, isn't it? Is that you don't want to be patronised? Nah, and and I I try and sort of um, I try and stick to stick to my material as much as possible. Obviously, you you have to. Re reference things in the room if if something really funny happens but I try and stick to my material because I know that it works yeah 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 oh absolutely absolutely and um and so you've got a close relationship with your family by the sounds of yeah it. yeah that's Andy yeah 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 I mean I'm st I'm still living my, with my parents at the moment and sort of thank god that I am right now yeah. being in lockdown because I'd have been, I'd have been t totally screwed without them, sort of, because I'm li sort of limiting my contact with 
with as many people as possible. Yeah. So then, you know, my fa- I'm kind of reliant on my family at this point in time, but I'm looking to move out fairly soon. Yeah, right. Into my own place, and um, then I'll be kind of then they'll have to up the care side of things, and yeah, I'll have to, have to have more carers at home with me doing doing the boring stuff such as washing and cleaning and stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> at the moment, I'm kind of um, lucky to have that all done for me at the moment. Yeah, that's what that's the beauty of living with your parents, isn't it? They do it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. Well, that's what I like about you. You don't let anything slow you down. You just, it would be, you know, people that are able-bodied, you know, a lot of the time they're like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't need to do anything, I'm going to just stay here. I'm going to stay here, I've got it, I've got it, I'll just be here comfy. Whereas you, you don't let anything slow you down. You're like, I want to go and do this, I'm going to go and do that. And off you go. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm, I definitely want to experience living independently and living and living on my own. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Been, it's been a couple of years in the in the pipeline. I mean, it'll probably happen within the next six months. Me moving out. Yeah. But it's been it's been years of me looking for places, and I obviously don't want to move too far away from home. No. Because I still want to have that connection with my family, and whereas I want to be far enough away to be independent. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And and do you have? I mean, because you every time I see you, you're always so positive. You're always upbeat. And it, I do you ever have any days where you're like, oh, fuck this, I can't be asked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody has has mm. them days. I mean, I I I look at sometimes. Um, I'll give you an example. Like a couple of years ago, my my brother and sister went travelling. They were not in the same place, but they both did that whole thing of they went to Australia and New Zealand and all around the world traveling and that. And I was like, they're, cause they're younger than me. They're 25 and 21. So I, I've never really experienced traveling cause mm. I've always thought that that would be like, a, like, like a bit, bit of too much of a big step. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I was, I was, I, I did go for a period when they were away where I was like, I wish I could do that. Mm. Like, just go away and experience like the world and stuff. But I go to Edinburgh every year, well, as often as I can. Yeah. And for me, that my, that um, festival is is basically my Glastonbury, my my rock and roll festival. Yeah. Like, I I just love it there. You can bump into anyone at any point. Yeah. So that that is my travelling for me. I go just go to Edinburgh every year. Oh, amazing, yeah. mate! Oh, yeah, you must be gutted then this year, like you said. Oh, yeah, I had I had my first solo show all, all booked. Oh, did you? Edinburgh. I I sort of I'd written three quarters of it. Yeah, and I was already I was already to go, and then in in sort of April, it was like we knew the inevitable was coming, but we didn't want to we didn't want to think it was actually going to happen. No, no. <laughs> But tell you what, three quarters. You've written most, more than most other comedians do. Yeah, I've been, I've been, because um, I've done smaller festivals. I've done the Cambridge Fringe Festival a couple of years running. So I've got, I would say, I've got about forty minutes worth of good show material at the yeah at the moment. And how do you do? How do you write? Do you just do you do you dictate it to somebody or no? What's your, what do I'm you do? Quite, I'm quite lucky because I have a. I use a sort of Mac dictation. Okay. Um, so I I just speak into my computer and it writes it for me. Oh, man. But um, sometimes I um I'll note I'll note things down on my phone and then but I always do that thing of I'll note things down on my phone but I won't quite put it into context. So when I'm looking at looking back at it later, I'm like, what does that actually mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've got loads of scribbles in books. And it'll just yeah. say something, I don't know, it'll say something like, I don't know, Chinese jam. And they'll be like, Why was I, what was I thinking about when I wrote that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then I have to, so what I have to do now, I have to write out the whole thing that I've thought. Because if I just like write the word, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, and I'll sometimes try and get ahead of myself and I'll write, I'll write in bullet points, but it's not full material yet. 
and yeah. then I'll I'll realise that the bullet points actually don't make any sense because I've not fully <laughs> written the piece of material. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I just I've got reams of it. Yeah, just lines and lines of words and that. I'm like, I don't fucking know what I was thinking. Sometimes when I'm pissed, I'll write stuff down and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then the next day, I'm, I'll, I'll go to bed going that that is going to be that stuff's going to be killer when I start doing it. And then I read it back the next day. One, I probably can't read it. Because I'm just scrolling, um, but it just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I need to. I need to just yeah. I don't know. I need to be a bit more careful with what I write down, or make more of an effort. I just especially as I'm getting old, like I say, my brain isn't what it was. <laughs> I find if it if it's a good piece of material, you actually remember it. That's true. And like it, if it's not good enough to remember, then it's obviously not good enough to be. A <laughs> that's true, actually. That is true. Although there's been a few times I've been in bed and I'm like, "That's a good idea." I mean, I better, I better jump up and write it down. I'm now. Nah, I remember it by the morning. Gone. Absolutely gone. Yeah. yeah every single yeah. time. Um, yeah. So have you got? Do you have the same carers all the time, or are there, is it just like a? Is it a company that looks after you, or? Well, I've got um, I I'm funded by my local council, so I have what's called direct payments. Okay. So they they basically give me a certain amount every month to spend on carers, mm. and I can employ who I like, um, to uh, basically do that care. And I'm quite fortunate that I've been with the same full time carer for about eight or nine years now. Oh, brilliant! I mean, you must have seen him at um at Edinburgh. He's been to every Edinburgh festival that I've been to. Yes. Um, and then I, I'm quite fortunate that I have like what I call bank members of staff. So they're not full time, but I call upon them when I need, when, when needed. Yeah. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Long hair. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. That's yeah. it. Yes. All right. Yes. I do know Kevin. He's a lovely bloke. It's that's Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a musician as well. So yeah. he kind of gets the whole gig thing. And was that pure chance that you met just through the, through oh, the agency? Oh yeah. That was, that was absolutely, um, we, I followed his band because uh, the lead singer of his band lived in the same village that I do. Yeah. And we kind of bumped into each other at gigs, um, over the years. And then he was looking for a new job and I was looking for a new person and the stars sort of aligned and we started working together. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He's a nice bloke. I like, yeah, I know yeah, Kev. Yeah, lovely guy. I've got a lot of time for him. He's, yeah. he's um, made me achieve a lot of things in my life. Amazing. So, what a lovely, what a lovely partnership you've got. It's fucking great. Yeah, we're we're quite fortunate because um, we get on as mates as well. So we just have a laugh and a giggle all the time. Yeah, yeah. And there's also, well, if you're out and people just assume that because you're disabled. There'll be another person, another wheelchair user, and they go, "I oh, will sit them together because they'll, you know, they they'll get on." Do you get, a, do you, get oh, a, yeah. you get that at, at all? Oh yeah, you get um, particularly at um, at music um, like concerts, open air concerts, they'll have a section for the disabled people. Yeah, and you're all like you're all on like a raised platform because you you can't and you supposedly can't see anything unless you're up high mm. and then um you, you all just sat there like meant to know meant to sort of talk to each other and like get on just because we're disabled and it's just not, <laughs> not like that i know that's it like you said just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean that you're yeah that you're just you could be an absolute wanker <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, even there's, there's people that I've been in, 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 you know, that I've been in social situations with, and I'm like, oh my god, this person's an asshole. But yeah. you know, I don't, I don't stand there and carry on talking to them. <laughs> it's like, so there's that assumption, like you say, that you're just because you're you're in a wheelchair, you're all going to just be fine and get on. And the amount of times that I've I've been in the same room as somebody who's in a wheelchair or got cerebral palsy, and that they think that we know each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some, like there's some community hall somewhere where all the disabled people get together and slag off the Tories. Like what? <laughs> we don't all know each other. In cerebral palsy club. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine that. This is Jamie. Oh, he, Jamie's got cerebral palsy as well. You must. You must know each other from the same club. Yeah. <laughs> it's, nah, it's not good. But, but that yeah. is very, very true. 
people think that. People think just because you've got the same disability or, or any kind of physical disability that you must know each other. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume you're going to get on. Yeah. Right. And that, and that's you just want to be treated just yeah it doesn't even your your disability isn't the most isn't the most interesting thing about you you know you're a no. person in your own right and that's what yeah. that's how you want to be treated yeah 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 that's why we have these I've, chats I've got, a, I've got a group of mates that'll that'll tell me it sucks basically they'll basically we're friends with you because you're jamie and we're not friends with you because you're in a wheelchair yeah that exactly yeah how many yeah. times have you had the joke, oh, give us a lift home? <laughs> yeah, give us a lift. I'll get out of that, mate. I want to I get home. <laughs> right, cheers, mate. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, mate. How many beers have you had? <laughs> and, the, and the old drink driving one as well. When you're in a pub and you've got a pint in your hand and somebody comes up to you and says, oh, you better not be drink driving. Oh, God. I cheers, got, mate. Oh, mate, I've got to be honest. I think I've said that. Oh, what a prick. I've said that yeah. on stage to someone. Um, yeah, when I first, I hadn't been going very long and I said that, yeah, thinking I was old Johnny Big Bollocks, thinking I was all clever. I mean, it's funny the first time you hear it, but when you hear it every time you go into a pub, it's not so funny anymore. (laughs) And do you get annoyed if someone's overly fussy, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, um, I'm quite fortunate because I kind of, my mates sort of know my limitations and they help me sort of, um, we have a funny thing in the pub because if I order a pint, I can't always get it to my mouth without spilling it. Yeah. So what my mate will do is he'll take the top of it for me. Oh, right, yeah. So he'll drink the top up. He'll drink just just down to the, basically, um, so it's not sp- spilling everywhere. Yeah. But I say that's an advantage of going out with me. Yeah. By the end of the night, you get an extra pint. I was going to say, that's about a pint's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I might start coming out with you. Yeah. Get a free pint. <laughs> and then and then, so, um, some bar, bar people have sort of stuck straws in my pint and stuff. And I'm like, that's nice, but no. No. I'm all right, thanks. I can drink it. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know if anyone listening has ever drunk a pint through a straw. <laughs> It's no. not. It's not the best, is it? No, no. <laughs> but and, and getting about. I mean, it, are more are more places now? Are there are there more accessible places now than there used to be, or is there still a lot of work to be done? Not that I'm there's saying you're still, an expert on this. There's still a lot of work to be done in terms of, um, like, um, because we live in like 2020 now. People think that places must be accessible, but there's a there's a rule that says if a building's a certain a certain amount of years old that they don't have to actually try and make it accessible. No, oh, really. So they so they kind of get away with it. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of places I go are accessible. But again, getting to gigs that are down down in basements or up in up in the attic are a bit of a nightmare. So I've I've I sort of pick and choose my gigs access wise mm. as well as sort of whether it's actually going to be worth my while going yeah of that course yeah but I carry a portal round with me everywhere I go I mean I'm quite fortunate because I've got a big van so I can carry a portable ramp around with me to just to so if there's like a little step to get in then I can I can normally get over the top of it but again like there's there's places that I've been to before where there's a disabled toilet, but it's upstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's handy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, you, you just don't think. No. But things are uh, improved. Yeah. They are improving, aren't they? But it's, they are doing it. Because no one wants to spend the money, do they? They all want to They all want to be, you know, everyone's banging on about being more accessible and doing more things for people. But they don't want to spend the money, do they? Really? Yeah. It seems a lot. And then well. the amount, the amount of places I've been where they say that it's accessible, I can actually get in, but they're using the disabled toilet as storage area because nobody ever uses the disabled toilet. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's mad, isn't it? People just don't think. Yeah. Mate, I do, I like. It doesn't happen every day. They yeah. don't. They think it's only a once in a lifetime thing. 
Yeah. It's not. It's, um, it, yeah. And what amazes me, like, they, they care more about these old buildings than actual people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's an old, this building's 500 years old, so we don't have to put ramps in. So, sorry, wheelchair users, you're going to have to just sit outside. Because this is, and it's, yeah. just, it's just bricks, it's just bricks. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how you two, so do you have so you you're back at your parents at the minute and they're taking care of you. Have you have you had a conversation with your parents about about what how, about your beginnings, about you know, what happened when you were born and things like that? Well, um like when I when I was born I was quite um my parents were were told the first night I was born that I probably wouldn't make it through the night. Right. And since then they've kind of been uh sort of not not grateful as such but kind of like made the most of every day sort yeah. of thing so and they've never kind of let me let my disability kind of hold me back no they said and my mom, yeah. I was quite fortunate that my mum pushed me to go to mainstream school yeah right they wanted me to uh, wanted me to go to a, a um like a a um, a school for people people with learning disabilities and stuff but my mum pushed for me to be in a mainstream primary school and, and secondary school and in the end I, in the end like that was the most like the best thing she could have done for me yeah that's amazing because then yeah fantastic so that's obviously where you get your your get up and go from your your tenacity the way you push yourself obviously comes from your parents yeah, and I'm like my aunt is a chief executive of a charity for people with learning disabilities as well. So she's always, always been had my back as well. So I'm quite fortunate that a lot of my family have always supported me in whatever I wanted to do. Yeah, even stand up comedy. Oh mate, boy, what did they say when you said you were going to do that or have a go? Um, they weren't, they weren't that surprised to be honest. <laughs> my mum just said, "Right, I'm not coming to watch her." And don't do any jokes about me. <laughs> I know my mum and dad say they won't come and watch me because they they're worried that someone will heckle and they'll get the ump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mum, mum's exactly the same. Mum's exactly the same. She's like, I'll be upset if somebody heckles you or says something rude about you. Yeah. <laughs> and what about with? Um... You know, representation in films and TV and things like that. You know, how do you feel about all that? You know, there could be it's it's starting to happen, isn't it? But it's like again, there's still a long way to go. I mean, it is starting to happen, but I I think that it's starting to happen in sort of only programs that people that are entirely about people with disabilities. Like, for example, I love The Last Leg. Don't get me wrong; I think it's a brilliant TV show, but it doesn't need to be like only about people with disabilities. It can be about if be about everything. Yeah, and it shouldn't be shouldn't be a big issue that there's a presenter with a disability. No, a- it should just like you say um, in TV and films, you're just a person going about your day. It just so happens that you're in a wheelchair, rather than yeah. yeah I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, rather than it being a, a special thing, we start. Like, yeah, go on. It should be done on talent rather than the fact that it ticks a box. Right. Yes. Yeah, we. I think we're in the middle of this massive. We're in the middle of an overcorrection at the minute, aren't we? We're we're making the changes. Yeah. And it'll it'll swing back, but it's going to take a while until we, you know, like you say, everyone's kind of. It feels like everyone's panicking at the minute. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Um. It's, it's, this change has needed to happen for a long time, but but I don't think it's going to happen overnight. No, oh, it'll take. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to take many years. Yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, it's only been in it's only been in my lifetime that I it, very only recently, really, the last twenty years, where I've seen things start to change, like pl- places being made more accessible. And that's, yeah, well, I mean, the um, they celebrated 25 years of the Disability Discrimination Act just uh, just like last month. Yeah, right. So that that has been it's been 25 years since kind of disabled people have stood up and said that's enough. We want to be included more. Yeah, and like like you say, it's still 
still on the fringes, but it's there in the background, but it's still, um, there should be more representation, I think. But yeah. again, I believe it should be done on talent rather than just because you've got disability. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day about, about this because I knew that I was, I'd, I'd been speaking to you about coming on. And and they were they were saying oh yeah I don't really know many and they don't really know many examples of uh, people with disability you know being in a, in a, being in the show but their disability isn't isn't what isn't the main focus and they were and I think the only the only example they come up with was Professor Xavier from X Men yeah yeah you know and then, I mean I mean there was a there was a um a terrible example in in. Um, Avatar. I mean, do you remember that film from when it it was one of the first 3D films? But yeah. the disabled person in it wasn't actually disabled. It was an able-bodied actor playing somebody in a wheelchair. Oh, or somebody, yeah. Somebody with a physical disability. That's right. That's it. And then when he goes into the Avatar world. Yeah. That's it, yeah. I know for a fact that there will be disabled actors out there that could probably probably have played that part, but yeah. they won't have got they won't have got the audition or the recognition because people don't know that disabled people act. No, that's very true. That's very true actually. Yeah, I gotta be I gotta be honest, I it's only been in recent years that I've started to realise it. I think you just get caught up in your own bullshit and you can't, you sort of don't look around and then it's only when these conversations start to happen you go, Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. That's absolutely should be happening. You just I think I think sometimes we we a lot of it is privilege, you know. I've I've not had I've I've had a you know, things I I've not had that much to deal with really, not in the great scheme of things. And you just forget to sort of look around you sometimes. And that's why we have to have these conversations. If it doesn't affect you, then uh, unless it affects you personally, then you don't actually think about it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Someone said that. He said, oh, well, you should um, should do your homework and you should look into things more. And you go, but if you don't know to look into them, yeah. you're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Because I, I was always like, oh, yeah, we're only, they're, they're acting. Of course, it doesn't matter who plays it, but you're right. There are people out there who are you know, wheelchair users and with disabilities that could play these roles perfectly, but they're not getting a, they're not getting that looking, are they? I mean, um, as we're talking about acting, I was uh, I was starting a course, an acting course with the Grey Eye Theatre Company in January. Yeah, and I was meant to be doing it for six months, but of course, with the coronavirus, it got cut short in March. But they're they're a um, theatre company that specifically works with people with disabilities. Okay, cool. And yeah, they they've kind of had people that have been in the been in the Paralympic opening ceremony and things like that. So there are companies out there that work that have like disabled actors work with them. Yeah, it's just not enough. No, but I think it's only just start. People are just starting to make those changes, aren't they? Like you've said, like the Paralympics is now a thing, a proper thing that people actually. You know, it's on it's on television properly, whereas before it might have been shoved in a dark corner somewhere, or maybe yeah. not even have got a nod. You know, yeah. And that must how does that make you feel? I mean, you know, it's happening, but it's not. Well, like you said, it's not happening fast enough, is it? I mean, I was I was fortunate enough to get tickets to go to the Paralympics in 2012, and it completely changed my mindset on certain things, and to see. To see somebody um, with a physical impairment uh, like compete in a in a race or do a sport of and be the best that they can be, it was just like amazing. Yeah. And I've always I'm I'm not a sporty person. I mean, I'm a football fan, but I've ne- never been into sport or anything. But to see somebody with a physical impairment actually achieve like a life lifetime goal of winning a gold medal was just like amazing. Yeah, I, I I remember watching it, and I'm like, fucking hell! I'm always moaning. I'm like, sometimes I'll be in bed. I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to get up today. I've got a oh, fucking. I'll be moaning about something, and I know that's just it's, just, it's who we are. And, you know, every, in each individual's got their own shit to worry about. But then I see, like you say, the Paralympians. And I'm like, fucking hell! Yeah, what, you know, it, it kind of did make other disabled people feel a bit lazy, from my point of view. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you lazy fucker. You should do more, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> get out there, mate, sitting around drinking pints with your mates. Fucking achieve something, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I do stand-up now. Well, yeah. What is funny is when you've been at my gigs, or I've been, we've been at a gig I've been on, and you heckle me, and me and you have a bit of back and forth, and you see, and you can see the, you can feel the room go a bit weird. Yeah, you can almost hear the bums clenching. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, steady on. actually talks to the disabled person and takes the piss. Because <laughs> you like we've already said you're a person first. And just I'm not made of glass. You can heckle me. I'm all right. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to shatter into a million people. <laughs> I think, people, like we've already said, people are more worried that someone else is going to complain about them or they're going to say, ah, oh, he's, he's disgraceful. Look at him treating that guy in a wheelchair. And I'm like, well, we're just, we're, one, we're mates. And two, he fucking deserves it. <laughs> Sitting there yeah. giving me shit. You should watch me when I do my gigs. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a, much more dirty than he is. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking filth monger, mate. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Who inspired you to get into comedy? What 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 wanted you, what made you want to do that? Who inspired me to get into comedy? Um, there was a a person with cerebral palsy called Josh Blue, a stand-up comedian from America. All right. Who I who I came to know um came to hear about many years ago and he's and he's got similar sort of impairments to me he can walk but um only a little bit and he his comedy was definitely resonated with me and then i i i like people like russell brand you know yeah um sarah millican mickey flanagan lovely um, yeah yeah i mean uh, just just to have have someone laugh at your own joke that you've written yourself is just absolutely amazing. And I thought, you know, I can, uh, lots of people have to do things for me, but I can actually write a joke and I can actually deliver it yeah. on my own. I, I write it myself. I go up there on stage and I deliver it myself. So it's, it's the form of empowerment for me. Yeah. 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 To be able to go up there and have my voice heard. Yeah. And people, and I always think that every t- every time I step on stage or wheel on stage, whatever way you want to put it, <laughs> I, I'm always breaking down barriers. Yeah. People people expect expect me to have a speech impediment, or expect me to talk about charity. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like have a bucket at the be waiting at the door with a bucket, but <laughs> like it's not. That's not what we're all about. You know? No, you know? you're not always campaigning. That's the other thing. Yeah. Is that they just think everybody who's got a disability is always campaigning for something. Yeah. <laughs> By all means, give me your money, but I ain't giving it to charity. <laughs> it begins at home, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is something in that. There is a. There is that. I think it's the more. Uh, it's the most immediate art form, other than music. Stand-up comedy is a little bit more. Yeah, you can sit there, write something, go out that night, tell it to someone, and and the response is immediate. And yeah, and I there's mean, nothing more. There's nothing better than making someone laugh. I mean, I'll um, quote Russell Brand again. I mean, he's he he originally started off as an actor, but went into stand up because it was just immediate. Because there's yeah. no audition process. You can go any pub, anywhere, and do do stand-up comedy you don't need to have a qualification you don't need to have been to art school or acting school to have done it you can start from from the bottom basically yeah and work your way up yeah just go and do it that's that's yeah. whenever i've been asked I, I mean i'm not i'm not great at giving advice and i'm not i'm not saying that i have all the answers but whenever anyone has ever said to me how'd you get into this i want to get into this and you go just go and do it Go and do yeah. it. Just go and find yourself an open spot gig, uh, a new material night or whatever, and go and do it. I mean, I've done um, like stand-up comedy courses and stuff. I've done, I've done one in Brighton, um, but that was when I'd already started, okay. and I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to hone my craft, yeah, and to, how to actually write a proper joke rather than just ramble. If that makes sense, yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah. why, that's why I went to do it, but. You don't need to do a stand-up course. You just you just need to get there and 
I've learned more from being on stage and having a bad gig than I ever would from a teacher or being in a classroom. Oh yeah, oh for sure. You that's there's nothing more important to to stand to being a stand up comedian than stage time. It's all about being on stage and and you can sit in your bedroom and you can talk to the mirror and because you'll smash that gig, you'll smash that every time because in your head you're smashing it. But when you go out in front of strangers. That's where you really learn. That's where you really learn how to do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, I don't know about you, but my first five minutes was—I um, would say—was my best five minutes. But the five, the more more material I wrote, and the, and the if it didn't hit, then I learned from it. Yeah, if that makes sense, I learned from having material that actually didn't work more than I did from that golden five minutes as i would put it <laughs> it's so true you learn more from the shit gigs there's been gigs where i've lost complete control of the room and i'm like oh fuck me what have i because there's some nights just the whole room just goes nah not you tonight mate we're not feeling you at all and and they just stare there's nothing more brutal than a room full of strangers just sat there staring at you yeah, and I find it really, really difficult when, particularly when they put um, comedy in in a pub and there's a bar right next to where the where the audience are, <laughs> yeah. and there's somebody standing at the bar clapping you, like not not saying it's a bad thing, but you're you're performing to that guy that's not laughing, yeah, rather than everybody else that's laughing. <laughs> Mate, that is the sign of a true comedian: is the fact that you're 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 zoning in on the one person that's not enjoying it, when the rest of the room is falling around laughing, and there'll be one person there just staring at you with their arms folded. I haven't had it. I haven't had it many times, but uh, like because a lot of my material is quite um, near the luck or quite um, quite sort of. It's all about me and my disability, and. Uh, I like I say, if somebody able-bodied went up there and did my material, one, it wouldn't work, yeah. and two, they get, they get things thrown at them because they wouldn't get away with what I was saying. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I sometimes I'll just often I'll get oh you were you were hilarious you were this you were that, but sometimes I'll get people saying oh I found that really offensive. How can you say that? I'm like. Well, you found it offensive, not me. <laughs> I didn't. That's why I was able to say it, because I don't find it yeah. offensive. Yeah. But you don't set out to be offensive, do you? You just talk about what you find funny. No, I, I'm, I've i always been like, if it's funny, then I'll kind of find a way of um, sort of working it in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll always use myself as the full guy. And take, I'm quite a self-deprecating. I take the piss out of myself, and I take the um, I'm sort of um, I take sort of uh, social constructions. Is that the right word? Social, social constructs. Um, social constructs, and I'll I'll play with them, you know. Yeah. Like, because in my last show, I did I did um, stuff about having sex and stuff. Yeah. And people don't think disabled people have sex. <laughs> like we're just born like action men with no ge genitalia at all. You got, we yeah, don't you want got, to have yeah. sex. We're not interested in the opposite sex or or having sex with someone. But the minute you say that on stage, once people get over the fact that he's talking about sex, yeah, they they kind of actually I didn't think of it like that. No, that's really funny. Well, it's, it's that, well, you know, it's like, how do you have sex? Do you want me to demonstrate? <laughs> <laughs> you can, <laughs> yeah, don't demonstrate. <laughs> mummy, mummy and daddy have a special cuddle. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> but it's that assumption, yeah, 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 because you're in a wheelchair and you, you have to have, you have to have help with, with various things. There's that assumption yeah. that, yeah, you don't have those feelings. And and it's either one or the other. It's either people don't think that we ever have sex, or they think it's really appropriate to ask us in front of a room, in front of a room, a bar full of people. How do you have sex, and how do you get an erection? Yeah, like, <laughs> really? you go. Well, how do you get an erection? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't think this was going to go get to this point. I've got to be honest. <laughs> 
It's, it's true, though, isn't it? I, you just, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it's not being, it's not, um, it's not involving yourself, so you don't think about it. No, no, well, exactly. Yeah, unless it, yeah, unless it comes, yeah, unless it, yeah, like you say, unless it, it affects you directly. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's this, this is why, again, this is why we, we have to have these conversations so that to break down these stigmas and these, yeah. and these, these barriers to make, you know, you're a person first and your disability is just a part of you. It's not your, yeah. it's not the main, it's not the main part of you. Yeah. And people automatically think that people with disabilities are on benefits. And it, that is just so not true. And it's like I know I know so many disabled people that actually work really hard. Again, uh, that's why I love doing I love doing stand up because I get my my message out there. And and like you have a right not to agree with it, but it's my message, and like it's what I want to say, and I'm going to say it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Um, but you're yeah. all right though, because I've not had a chance to see you. Uh, you're, you're doing all right in, in amongst all this shit that's going on. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, I uh, don't get me wrong. I'd rather be out of gigging and doing my doing what I normally do. But yeah. I get the fact that it's a deadly virus and we have to keep safe. And if it means that I have to stay indoors a bit more, then I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Are you more susceptible to this than maybe than an well, able-bodied person? I. I didn't get the shielding notice when it first came out, but I'm not. I don't want to find out whether I am or not. So, no. I'm <laughs> Jamie, this has been a lovely day, mate. No, it's been really good to talk to you. Yeah, and you, really and good. you, mate. Well, have you got any? I suppose well, none of us have got any gigs lined up, have we? Really? No, I'm concentrating. I'm writing at the moment. I'm trying to create, create some of my own work. <laughs> Started my own YouTube channel, so I'm going to try and do sort of as. Some some sort of disability related videos, but more more comedy. Yeah. Just because I want I want to somehow get that audience reaction, whether it's although I can't get it live on stage at the moment, I want to be able to let people know that I'm still here. Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah, of course. I think that's a fucking great idea. Is there anything yeah. you'd like to say? Anything? Any message you want to say about how people treat you when they meet you? Um, not really. Just um. Buy me a pint and have a chat. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Jamie, thank you so much, mate. Thanks for having me on, man. Ah, oh, man, I've, it's my pleasure. I've been a long time listener, so it's good to be on, man. And like I say to people listening, you know, I don't always get it right. I don't know how to start the conversations after time. So if it sounds a bit awkward in places, it's just, I'm trying, I'm just, I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. That's what I'm doing. And my point to that would be, do you always get it right with every one of your able-bodied mates? Do you always say the right thing? <laughs> exactly. No, I don't. Are we sometimes a bit of a dickhead to our mates and our mates just let us get on with it because we're mates? Exactly. Exactly. So we're just mates. I just happen to be in a wheelchair. You're fucking right, Jamie. I'm glad to have you as a mate. You're fucking, you've nailed that right at the end there, you little shit. And where can we find you? Where can we find you? on? You, you're on the social media and all that, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on social media. Jamie Green... Jamie Green comedy on YouTube. So, yeah. Lovely. Facebook or Instagram, I'm all over it. Insane in the membrane. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.